Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Lord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me is Jude Seymour and Brennan McElinden, and I may have had too many to drink because uh, I pre-gamed pretty hard for the podcast, uh, watching Notre Dame beat Florida State 42-26. Fellas, what's up? I mean, that is what one does when one is enjoying themselves, right? Uh, Have a couple too many? You, When you enjoy yourself, when you're maybe a little nervous about a few things, I, I, you know, everything goes down a little smoother, right? I feel you, man. I, I'm i pretty happy. I had my drinks, so. No, oh, I had my drinks, too. <laughs> it's, it's a shot every touchdown. So the fact that Ooh. Notre Dame didn't cover... Uh, means I'm bringing a little bit better of a game uh, to the pod tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so we think. So yeah. So let, I mean, let's let's get right on into it. So this was a this was a week where we were all pretty worried. I mean, to to one degree or the other. Some people more than others, but there was it. It was out there, and that you know maybe Notre Dame would be a little rusty. Maybe things wouldn't. Uh, be so smooth because of the, you know, the two week break, you know, Kelly hasn't done this before. I mean, this just isn't something that happens. Uh, so it's, you know, that's, it's hard to prepare for the unknown. Um, and then when Kelly got into his presser tonight too, as well, uh, he started explaining about like at corner, Sean Crawford was at corner because Cam Hart just got out of, um, quarantine on Thursday and, you know, same with, uh, McLeod. Uh, McLeod and same yeah. with I mean, they were down, but you know, uh, with Clarence Williams, it, or, yeah, Clarence they, Lewis, yeah, he was, he was yeah, in COVID they, too. They were a lot more diceier, dice. They're a lot more diceier. What the hell am I today? It was pretty, <laughs> it was dicey. It was dicey in the defensive backfield more so than we were led to <clears throat> led to know before the game, which is fine. I mean, if you're Notre Dame, why would you say anything about that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they, they, uh, you know, that, I think to me that explains a lot of what happened tonight. Uh, but I don't know. How do, how do you guys want to go go about doing this? This is the first time we've – since I think last year maybe, uh, you know, we did a, a post-game pod immediately post-game. Uh, but, I mean, overall overall thoughts to, to start off with, um, you know, like I said, I, oh, I, I was leading into it. Jesus Christ, I've had way too much to drink tonight. <laughs> I, we were all worried Notre Dame was going to be a little rusty. Obviously, we saw that early, uh, you know, possibly, or we can at least use that as the excuse for the Kyron Williams fumble. Uh, he's got to keep that ball closer to his body. And then Lawrence Keyes, who just seemed like he was having a hell of a time back there at punt return. We might see uh, Matt Salerno take over full time. Who knows? Uh, but, you know, th- th- those things kept Florida State in early, gave them hope. Jordan Travis was a... Um, was a player, he, you know, he, he, he did some good things out there. Uh, I w- he, uh, he exceeded my expectations for, for what he would do. Um, but still Notre Dame won with uh, a lot of ease still, I think. I mean, I think if you're just running the football, you're just handing the football off and you're rattling off Chris Tyree and Kyron Ky- and Williams both had over nine yards per carry. Uh, yeah. it seems like a pretty easy night. 
So Tyree was like ten for most of the night. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, what you said, I I mostly agree with. Even when the score was seventeen fourteen, I felt like the offense was clicking so easily that Notre Dame was going to give up more points than I expected them to. But I was never thinking that they were going to lose the football game. There was no sense of existential dread that accompanied some of the 2014 games and certainly the 2016 games. Uh, there was no like, Oh shit, what's going to happen now? How are they going to find some way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory? So, um, Oh, I, I felt somebody off tonight with that. Cause I tweeted out just like a little, a funny, like, like, Oh, you know, early turnovers lead to scores, keep game close, blah, blah, blah. We've seen the, you know, we've seen the script before just kind of like, I, Ha ha, you know, everybody get there. I had, I had one follower just kind of be just pissed. This guy called me stupid, like five, six tweets. Like, Hey man, it was a fucking joke. Chill out. But I mean, I don't know. Are the, are the fans out there a little, were the, it didn't feel like anybody was real worried, right? Like no. you said, you just said you were worried. I think this I program think you, has, yeah. has, has, has got over the hump a little bit in that worry category where we're like, things are going to settle down. It's just a little dumb right now. I don't think that the right word is worried for a lot of people. I think in correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I would imagine you guys probably feel the same way. I was more or less annoyed. Um, I used that word tonight too. Yeah, annoyed. Yeah, it was. I think the point where I was like, all right, you know what? It was when I think it was on the the when Ramon Henderson. Base, ran into Lawrence Keys <laughs> on that <Yeah>. punt, <laughs> and at that point I was just like, "Can we not? Can we just?" They could run at will, and you know, it, it, if not for a Joe Wilkins drop on a third down, they probably it, they probably wouldn't have gotten into that seventeen uh, fourteen air quotes hole. But like Jude said. They had they could have done whatever they wanted running the football until the last the only time Florida State made a stop against Notre Dame running the football was on Chris Tyree on that final drive to end the game. But until that point, Notre Dame basically just they could have they did didn't need to throw the ball at any point. And I kind of I I, I was a little bit uh I, I was I was mildly pleased that they still did because they could have came out in the second half. And I think they threw something like nine passes in the second half. Um, but eight of those passes were in the third quarter. So there were some things that I think I saw from, from Ian book. Uh, we saw him run a little bit more tonight, which was exciting, I guess. Uh, but he also Javon McKinley showed up, which was a pleasant surprise. And I don't think cause anybody, a, cause he's than, a beast. He's well, Brian Kelly beast. says that there's no cornerback in America, in America. That quote, unquote, quote, unquote. That is a direct quote. Direct. I thought so, that the, the book threw one to, to McKinley. That was like a 38 yarder, maybe first or second quarter. It was dropped in there so perfectly. It felt like they had been practicing that for forever. Um, he just knew exactly where McKinley was going to be. Yeah, you're absolutely and, right. There was, a, there was a couple of, passes that I mean McKinley was targeted five times and caught all five balls had 107 yards uh averaging 21.4 yards a catch which is fantastic but you're absolutely right it there was there was a couple of passes that just looked extremely smooth nothing forced uh as far as like you know it it didn't look like you just came out of nowhere um so maybe I don't know maybe 
we were all expecting, uh, you know, a little bit more Braden Lindsay, maybe a wee bit of Kevin Austin. Uh, and it turns out uh, Javon McKinley is one of the best wide receivers in America. Um, <laughs> I would be remiss if, if, as long as we're on the topic of passing, there was the screen pass to Kyron Williams that, that would have oh, gone yeah. for a touchdown. Yeah, uh, that was about yeah, the only that was, the, that was about the only pass. I mean, he kind of sailed the one on McKin or the the one pass he had to Kevin Austin, but he had a guy bearing down on him. Uh, Wilkins dropped uh, one of those drags across the middle that would have gone. That for, was, I don't know that if it was gone the whole way. That was, that was really annoying. Yeah, yeah, that's what that I got extremely annoyed. That was a third drive I mean, of the game. I guess the stats say five targets, five catches for McKinley, but I guess I guess we don't count that one, that that long bomb that had no hope of anything that that book threw. I mean, McKinley was the only one in the area on that one. Yeah, but I mean, there's yeah, that was a throwaway more than a, 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 a right, true intention okay. for to get McKinley. It was just sort of I mean, you be within like ten yards. We could that's, that's right. when uh, you're talking about the one where Florida state brought the blitz and, and yeah, spun yeah. out of it or whatever. And then he just kind of threw to the open field and McKinley kind of was over in that general area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it was, a, I still think I mean, it's just, it's weird looking at these Ian book performances and like, I don't, I won't say that I was impressed with Ian book tonight, but I was pleased. Oh, he made a pass. He made a pass. It was what was it, Michael Mayer? Yeah, the, the Michael zone? Mayer one. Yeah, well, it was just like I don't know that I've seen a guy throw with that confidence. Like he, first of all, he zipped it in there. Second of all, I think Mayer had two guys in the vicinity, uh, and he made a good play on it. But it was just like that's the sort of stuff that we've been wanting to see Book do consistently. You know, it was yeah. He I trusted he, his arm and he trusted his uh, receiver, or I guess yeah. none of that. But yeah, I loved it. The important thing I think moving forward is that, like, I, th- I think people are really worried about. Uh, I mean, and I'm, I want to punch myself for saying it, but obviously Clemson, right? You you're worried <laughs> about the passing game. You're worried about the passing game against better teams. But I think at this point, I think it's safe to say Notre Dame isn't giving a shit if they're running the ball on a team. And look, Kyron Williams had 185 yards tonight. Chris Tyree had 103. I mean, they were averaging 9.7 to 9.4 yards to carry. They don't really care. They're not just, they're not, they were, they're not in that mode, say a old Notre Dame team where you're looking to pass, 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 pass. Book was 16 to 25, 201, had a couple of touchdowns. Yeah. Two drops, no interceptions. I don't even know if there was a ball tonight that came close to being intercepted. I, I I can't think of one. He looked to Yeah. To me, he looked good. Like that's fine. Like that's absolutely fine. That's not a stat line that's gonna that's gonna impress anybody really, except for like someone like me who looks, you know, if you're looking at it for what it is, um, and you know, and I'm fine with it. I mean, I'm absolutely fine with with what what he did tonight. Um, and again, we're working under a two week delay between games where you were shut down for a week. It's not like I mean, it, this isn't like normal even. It wasn't even like a normal type bye week. It's just like it shit shut down. Yeah. So to come out and look fairly sharp, I think that's impressive. I mean, I'm impressed hearing that Nick McLeod wasn't available to, to practice until what Thursday? Thursday, he, yeah. He, he had yeah. a hell of a game too. Which had some, which raises some nice the breakups. point. Who was who was Ian Book practicing against in that secondary? If McLeod <laughs> Lewis and uh, Hart Hart are all in 
you know, COVID protocol, who's Ian Book throwing at in the secondary? Are they just are they just putting? Um, Let me introduce you to a three star recruit called Air. <laughs> yeah, Ramon Henderson and Air, and uh, I guess well Sean Crawford, and I was getting ready to bury Sean Crawford after oh, Tamori Terry just absolutely burned him, and I was getting well, ready to come on no, here well, and be burying him. Here's the thing. Brandon. Crawford was playing aggressive. Crawford was playing really aggressive on the outs. There was two passes where, I mean, he was just maybe a half a step from picking it off for a pick six. I mean, yeah. he, he was playing that aggressive. Florida State obviously saw that. I wondered when that double move was coming. And sure enough, there was a double move. I'll say this for getting schooled on a double move, he was still not completely blown out. I mean, it it was far more than he need, than Terry needed to catch the ball for a touchdown, but at least Crawford was right there, but he, you know, he just, he got, he got bit, you know, he, he was playing that out hard, you know, and I, you know, third time's a charm for, for Florida state on that one, just send him on up. It was, it was coming. I you knew it was, I, if you were watching it, you kind of figured it was probably coming. Uh, and maybe, you know, Crawford not practicing as a corner, uh, most of this time, maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe the seven years has got or six years has got something on him. But yeah, I was re- I was I was a little disappointed. Terry is to be. Yeah, I, like I, say, I Brennan, said it all year. I was going to say, I'm, Brennan, I feel like you primed the pump really well. If like if you listen to our podcast, you've been you've been very um, flattering of of Terry and and the kind of the acknowledgement that he's the real deal. So I kind of accepted the fact probably within this first or second catch that he was going to get his tonight, but that it was just yeah, like he got nine targets, nine catches, 146 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. He was the only one that did yeah, anything. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. You had a, that, and that was it. Yeah. And the you receiving all time. Game, that was it for Florida State. Yeah. As far as uh, receivers who have matched up against Clark Lee, I mean, he'd be on the Mount Rushmore at this point as far as performances go. It was solid. Right. I mean, one could say it was almost bad. it was almost a better night than Javon McKinley. Almost. Almost. Javon McKinley also. I don't know if you because uh, if we're going to like shower him, the blocking on that Kyron Williams run, he was just running downfield blocking people. Oh, the one like, he should have been called for a flag on. Hey, well, don't, hey, but didn't hey, get a flag, hey, dude. Hey, settle down. <laughs> settle yeah, down was, there. It was just a lot of hustle. But yeah, I mean, the guy, the guy had a, a hell of a game, an all-time game. Uh, you, know, you, you bring up Clark Lee, and I got to tell you, it just—it's all coming full circle, right? Like we get the—we got the question about what's up with Clark Lee's defense starting slow, and regardless of whatever concept, <laughs> apparently you he was missing game, half of his secondary before the game. <laughs> yeah, but you know, they gave, so they give up 20 points in the first half, which to me was like egregious. Like it just fell, but you know, 10 of those were straight off short field turnovers. Right. So, you know, it was what it was, but they, they still only gave up six points in the second half. I mean, that's, that that's Clark Lee in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, Jordan, they really didn't have a whole lot. They had what a, a half on Jordan Travis on tape. I mean, and yeah, that was about it. Other than some scrub and time. And to be honest with you, there was some missed tackle. There was some terrible, Miss tackles. I think that's it's what just, I think that's what I saw the most out of maybe yeah. this this extended break was that the the wrapping up was sloppy and it's like it was you know it was a it was a, a an eyebrow raising or mildly concerning the Duke and South Florida games but tonight it was just so pronounced and it was just like 
you know, I saw Kyle Hamilton come up to, to kill somebody and he had his head down instead of up, yeah. didn't even try to rap and just completely whiffed. I mean, completely whiffed. Yeah. And I think that says a lot for a player of his caliber to do something like that. That says a lot about that break. You're absolutely right. I think the one that had me most frustrated was wasn't necessarily the nonsense in the first half, because if you if you look at how they scored in the first half, it was off the it was a field goal off the fumble. It was a touchdown off the muff. And then they had the the bomb to um, Terry. And, you know, I, I could I guess in, in the field goal late at the end of the half, but it was that opening touchdown of the third quarter where they just methodically marched down the field in seven plays, 75 yards and scored a touchdown. That was the one that I was a little bit upset over because that's not Clark Lee starting slow. Clark Lee's supposed to be Mr. Second half adjustments. And that's the one where I was, I was a little bit concerned with the tackling, but uh, Kelly, uh, I I didn't want to make excuses (laughs) for the, uh, the, the sloppy play or the rust or anything. Cause good team, you know, good, good teams blow out opponents and they did, but they haven't so tackled look, in two weeks. Yeah, I, don't, I, just, that, I just can't imagine anybody watched that game and thought to themselves, Notre Dame's going to blow this or Notre Dame's going to lose this. Like there was nothing about their performance that suggested to me, even with the with the two miscues that turned into ten points, that that they were going to that this was going to get uh, turned around on them. You know, I think what sealed it for me was, and this is something that I think. You know, we, would, we always want to see Notre Dame play aggressive, right? And sometimes that's just not the way that that they go. But that last drive before the half, you know, they, they get the ball with a minute and 20 left. Uh, and in a minute and a nine, they go eight plays uh, in 58 seconds. Or, yeah, sorry. Uh, but, and get, you know, get the touchdown right there before the end of the half. That was, a, to me, that was a huge deal. That was, that was can all they do too. this? That was yeah, Ian I mean, Book was, making plays with his legs. Ian Book because that's not plays. something you, even with your, you know, with your ground attack, you, you still you worry about those. Are are you going to need to to do these you know, you know, short time kind of drives, and they looked pretty smooth. They I mean now granted there was an aid there for that <laughs> for that late hit out of bounds, uh, but I mean all part of the game. I mean, that shit happens, uh, but no, I was, I was impressed that that's that they pressed that, you know, that they, they pressed that to, to get that, you know, in the end zone. So what, what, what was concerning? I, I, I let me start the, the fourth down conversions, multiple fourth down conversions by Florida state <laughs> was concerning. The Jonathan Dora miss was, was mildly concerning. I was going to bring we, that up. Yep. Two, yep. I think that's the second for, miss this year, right? Two for seven on third down conversions. And it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to knock that because it's like they converted so many firsts and second downs that yeah. they rarely ever got to third down, but still, <laughs> I mean, two for seven, I think, Oh, for three passing at third down. Uh, although a couple of those might've been drops because I think both Wil- Wilkins's was definitely on third down. Uh, Williams's might've been, but you know, those are things that I'm like, that when you look through deeper into the box score, you think, Oh, they really still could improve a lot from where they, where they ended up, which is amazing. Cause it seems like 40 points is a given now. I, and if you, if you look at Notre Dame's next opponent, 
Um, Louisville, <laughs> 40 points might be a given because they had a 46, uh, 46 spot dropped on them by Georgia Tech on Friday. Which yeah. was surprising. I think, all, I mean, I think all of us, even with, even with Louisville's struggles this year, I think all of us pick, had picked Louisville and to go and to cover. I mean, like, if you're a if you're a North Carolina fan today, like, how are you feeling about that game? You know, I'm not like, feeling great about giving up 45 to a team that didn't. Well, I, you scored 46, but talk about secondary concerns. Virginia Tech, uh, I don't think that they had. I think they were playing linebackers at cornerback in the game yeah. by with the amount of players <laughs> they had at uh, COVID protocol, and then their best player got ejected. It was. If you look all over college football, and Tyler James brought it up on on Twitter, and I flippantly answered while well, I looked at Clemson play, so, but <laughs> the, the, SEC, the SEC had their defensive struggles this weekend. Um, I mean, Bama, Alabama, well, this, my God, yeah, Alabama won a football game, sixty three to forty eight. Let me repeat that: Alabama gave up forty eight points to Lane Kiffin. Um, Florida lost to Texas A and M, forty one thirty eight. LSU lost to Mizzou and they let Mizzou score 45. So there's teams, you look around college football and teams yeah. are giving up. LSU is, LSU is secretly bad, aren't they? Oh, they're, they're hot trash. But, this is, yeah. but that's not a surprise to, I think. No, no. I, think to, I don't think any of us. I think we've already talked about, about how that's still concerning. I mean, LSU wasn't on Alabama's level of, of reloading and they lost everybody. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was, it's, it's just a huge shock of system. You could say LSU last year was one of the greatest college football teams of all time for sure. Uh, and then you go from that to what they're putting out in the field right now. It's like, Oh dear God. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, let's bring it on back to this game. Something that I, I mean, the, the missed tackles, I, I just, I cannot, I can't get over it. I understand the reason, but it's just I'm, I'm starting to get a better feel for maybe who should be out there and who shouldn't be out there. And, you know, I think Greg brought this up, but you asked about Maris Lewifow, and it's like, I'm not sure if he belongs out there. You know, Shane Simon didn't have a great game, but I thought he I early in the game. I thought I thought him play the way he played sideline and sideline was pretty good. Uh, I just I mean, I just don't know. I don't know I mean, how much they're. There is the learn from like moving forward when we when we were so low on the back end, you know, I mean, I with, just, with guys that were ready to play. I think the linebacker we were there were concerns about maybe linebacker last year and they got answered. Maybe we jumped the gun a season because other than Jeremiah, Wusu Kormoa, uh, who is a Drew human White hit was, stick, <laughs> who is a human hit stick. But I mean, even he sometimes would overcommit on some. But that that's what you that's that's who he is. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Bo, Bo Bauer had Bo Bauer. Uh, he Bo Bauer, had, had, maybe had Bo Bauer night. needs to get into yeah, the lineup. Ta- he was a, and a sack, two tackles for loss. Yeah, I he outplayed Drew White tonight, hands she down. Did. So he got a little earful I mean, Kelly though after uh, his late hit penalty or his own unsportsman. I mean, so. listen, listen. When you're a dog, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you break the leash. All right. <laughs> Even sometimes when you're you a weenie, on the rug. <laughs> but I think that there may be some, I, I don't know. I, I, I have some concerns. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll see when Jack Kaiser gets back. 
perhaps. Still, I mean, I still have concerns about Dalen Hayes. I have concerns about uh, Dylan Hayes. I mean, he had a better night tonight than he has in the past. Yeah, but he missed on that one sack though. I mean, I mean that's, that's there was a one, thing. one play. Was Ade, hit, Ade had a great so, night. Yeah, Ade did have Ade a great night. He had, he had two sacks. Well, dude, one dude, of them was garbage dude. time. I we need to respect his mother. It's Ade to come. to combo. Respect right. his mother. I don't think she listens uh, to our podcast, but okay. Maybe she, <laughs> I bet she does. I bet she. She does. should. She should. She absolutely should. Uh, guys, let me ask you, do you know who, uh, was tied for the, uh, well, I guess I'm not going to say that part. JD Bertrand, uh, was one of the leading tacklers tonight for Notre Dame. For real? Wow. He had three tackles. Yeah, three. I mean, which is right up there. Kyle Hamilton was Shane Simon, Drew White. Kyle Hamilton was your clubhouse leader. Tariq Bracey, who had a night and I don't mean that in a good way. I mean, he had a night where Florida state was like. Oh, here's a five nine hundred and seventy pound corner that we're to, <laughs> gonna run at as much as we can. He's gonna be he's gonna need that ice bath. I mean, they were targeting the shit out of Bracey all night. They ran at look and they did it smartly. They were running at him, running at him, beating him up physically, and then they'd throw right at him because because I mean, what do you do with a guy who's hurting? You you pick on him. They were they were picking on Bracey all night. Uh he still had a decent game, but you, but man, he he was wore down. That 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 was a part of the big game plan there, Florida State. It seems was to attack Bracy and. Uh, and you, do you think part you, of the thing with Bracy in one? Do you recall? Do you recall in the press conference with Kelly when he was talking that one of his concerns going into this week was conditioning? And he was talking about how he really needed – he ran the players pretty ragged, and it's not something that they like to do, but they needed to do that in order to get players into position for this week. Tariq Bracey, correct me if I'm wrong, was the only cornerback, uh, true cornerback on this roster uh, who was able to practice pretty much all week. So maybe on I mean, top of – on top of that, Tariq Bracey got a lot of had to have gotten a lot of work this week in practice. Yeah, I mean it's just it, you watch it over the course of the game, and it, he just you could just see him wearing down. I mean, you just you could. Uh, so I mean, we were luckily, you know, good for us. The our defensive line. I mean, they put a lot of pressure on on Travis. I say, um, Isaiah Foskey had a really quiet game too. Yeah, just one tackle. Yeah. I thought I maybe mean, he had a hurry early in the game, but they didn't credit him, so. They did not. They, I, I think they should have, too, but they did not. Um, I don't know. I, they didn't, I don't think they rotated in their defensive linemen like they know, as much early as they normally do. I I'd have to check on that. There's a lot of you're probably. We, I think I there's a lot of Dalen Hayes out there, which he's. Do the we one know how like serious the the uh, Paul Moala injury is? No, uh, Kelly was asked that in the press conference, and he didn't have any update for us. Okay, so it's not just a uh, uh, like a sprain or something. It could be something more. It when I, I guess I take it for when Kelly doesn't have an update. It's a little more serious. They they're looking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did some tests and all that. 
but I'm not going to speculate too much, but no, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I've just, if he had said, Oh, it's just a, it's just a sprain. He'll be, you know, he'll be right. ready for next week right. or something. That would be more definitive than saying, I don't right. know. I need not, more information. He's obviously getting tested. So, uh, so it could be serious. I mean, it could yeah. be, like, it could be a thing like, you know, like a Kyle Hamilton out for a little bit. I, I just, this is an aside, but I just like, I hope that people are just enjoying the hell out of these games because it's so fun to watch Kyron Williams run. It's so fun to watch a play that should have been a four yard loss turn into like a seven yard gain. I just, I just, I'm really just enjoying him. I'm enjoying Chris Tyree. I'm just enjoying watching um, the offense. It's just my secret. My secret love right now. And I tweeted about this is my secret love is that, Hardline, and I mean hardline RT, RTD beers, people that just constantly bitch about Kelly not running, the, you know, an air Kelly and not running this and that. My secret love is that they bitch about the passing game now. And it's just, you know, like either they're not doing it enough because I see y'all out there. I see, I, I know who's saying what out there. Uh, and it's just, there, there's just a, a, a Mr. Burns type of finger, you know, hand things I got going on watching this. And, you know, we've already said, you know, tonight, Ian Book didn't have to do a whole lot. So just mm-hmm. handing these guys the football. And this offensive line is just, uh, yeah, you would talk about enjoying watching Kyron Williams and, and watching Chris Tyree, I agree. But watching this offensive line just completely manhandle. Look, yeah. say what you will about Florida State, but they still have good players and they have a really good uh, couple of defensive linemen. And they just got fucking handled. I mean, Marvin Wilson and uh, Joshua Kando, a couple of guys we talked about early on in the uh, in the week, they each Top had ten, one tackle. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, each had one tackle. Wilson's probably going to be a first round pick. Kando, uh, he's a bust, but uh, yeah, Wilson's a real deal. It was uh, it was so, I mean extremely impressive. The line work is and and so I get when he, when Eichenberg hashtag Ohio forever you fucking beautiful pirate. <laughs> God, how g- gorgeous! An he only got hands- Listen, he only got handsomer with that with that eye injury. Uh, God, he's am- amazing. But so you know, he goes out, and I guess the natural assumption for everybody involved, Josh Lug. that Josh that Josh Lug would come in. Uh, but they Kelly's explanation after the game was, and instead it was Dylan Gibbons went to left guard. They kicked Aaron Banks out the left tackle. Now I've known about the usage of Banks at left tackle. That was part of the the plan last year as well. Was you know kicking Banks out if if they needed to. So that didn't really shock me. But bringing in Dylan Gibbons over at left guard did shock me a little bit. But that was because uh, uh, Lug had been coming in for Kramer. Uh, you know here and there throughout the game. I mean guys are winded. You know they're they're not. Kramer had a shoulder. Uh, he Kelly yeah, said that Kramer yeah, had a shoulder injury. Yeah. Right. Shoulder cuff uh, injury, too. Yeah. So but I was impressed with Dylan Gibbons. I did not think I'd say that in 2020 season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he went out there. It, they didn't miss a beat. No, I mean, honest to God, they did not. You couldn't tell. You couldn't tell when Eichenberg was in or out, which was the, the greatest compliment ever to the guys who replaced him. That's what I thought. So, you know, if someone wants to say this might be the best offensive line since 2016 in college football, I can I can. Well, that's funny because because on the broadcast, 
he, he, they didn't equivocate on 2016. They just said, Brian Kelly says this is the best group of five that he's ever had. I'm like, uh, really? You know? Well, if you look at the the 2017 team had a true freshman rotating in at right tackle. That true freshman is now right. the right tackle. So, and the amount of starts that they have, there's, I mean, Patterson is magisterial at his position. Let's let's just put it that way to, to borrow from uh, uh, English Premier League uh, soccer I mean, it's announcers. Not, it's not out of balance to say Patterson's probably the best center in the country right now. I don't. You know what? PFF can say it for me because they do. They, they uh, can. Well, the they fourth. Do. well, and they do say it because they have they do say right? as the fifth best or the fourth best player in not all, in a all quarterback. quarterback. That's not a quarterback at all. College yeah. football. So that makes him the best center in college football. Who's the second best player, though? Well, Liam Meikenberg. It's Liam Meikenberg, yeah. <laughs> Kyle Pitts, the, the tight end for Florida, is uh, number one. But I think that there's going to be some moving up from the Notre Dame players and some moving down from Pitts after this weekend. I mean, it's just it's an incredible stat line tonight. I mean, it really is. I mean, Notre Dame ran four yards 40, per carry, 40. 353 yards rushing, 42 attempts. Four touchdowns. Chris Tyree had a 45-yard rushing. Yeah. And Kyron Williams had a 65-yarder uh, where they just kind of ran out of steam at the end. But And the running backs could have had even more. And the line had it blocked off, for, like I said, with that screen pass to Kyron. And they'll get it. <laughs> but Yeah, that would have got booked an extra 75 on the – Oh, I, don't, I, think, I think they were at the 43 or something. So it would have at least gotten okay. – uh, yeah. 50, 50, or cause there was one guy out there and Notre Dame had three blockers. Yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> that actually, they, they had ran a similar play that didn't work against South Florida. Cause it, I think book overthrew him. Right. They had the same exact right. deal happen there. Yeah. It's like, so. dude, if you just hit your screen, like, I don't care if you we, hit we got a 50 burger oh. easy. Yeah. 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 That's that gets you the same result, bro. I'm cool with that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I mean, look, Florida state is not a good football team uh, up and down. They're just not. And there's all sorts of reasons there. And I will let Florida state writers and fans uh, debate as far as like why that, what that's the case. But as you know, we can, we can only really as look at what Notre Dame is doing while what Notre Dame, while they're out in the field. And I was, fairly impressed offensively tonight with what they were doing. Um, so I got no, I really have no major complaints. I mean, I would have liked to have seen uh, a little more from Braden Lindsay. Um, I would have liked to, you know, have seen Kevin Austin a little bit, just a wee bit more. Uh, Tommy Tremble, not really being involved in the passing game at all. He had one catch. Uh, he had uh, one, you know, one on the sideline that probably should, that should have been called a catch. Yes. I do want to take you to what task the, real quick. What the hell I are you ta- doing with Kevin Austin? We're just easing him back in. This is classic Kelly. No, but I want to I want to put classic. I want to put Josh on blast a little oh, bit. Boy. Because you besmirched the name of one um Tony Dungy as a color commentator. And tonight, the amount of love that he was showering down upon Tommy Trumple for his ability to pull on those block uh, on those blocks and the the counters. This is the second game in a row Dungy's done this. He's in love with Tommy Trumple. 
Dungey's obsessed with it, and I, I'm, I'm, I, you know what? This is this is not something that we would have gotten from Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie would have been caught up in the minutia of quarterbacks and in big stories, but Tony Dungy is starting to grow on me. Um, there's just something about that, and I think he's starting to get more familiar with the college game, and as he watches more and more Notre yeah. Dame, and maybe football. that's it. I know, I so I I'll walk back my own statement. I'm not ashamed to admit. Uh, that I'm wrong or maybe just half wrong. I mean, he's, st- it's, it's a very, I don't know. He's it's not a very Johnson st- level hype. Well, and that's the thing. Like earlier today, I tweeted out, uh, the, the Drake meme with, uh, Mike Tirico, uh, and Gus Johnson. I'll take Gus Johnson any day over Mike Tirico. I, I like the fun. I like the shouting. I don't care. Uh, it's just fun excitement. <laughs> Dungey is, I, I think Dungey's done a great job. Uh, ex- the, the different ways he's explained things. He's not a Mike Mayock, but yet he's not as annoying as Mayock too. Like my, Mayock knows his shit better than almost anybody, but got annoying sometimes with the try to hammer it home. Dungey's a little more laid back in that regard, and so he's he's growing on me. But it's a very I, it's a very stoic broadcast. Maybe I think, that the, changes, one, I think the one thing that's going to bother me is when they're doing things like. You coach Derek Brooks. Here's Derek Brooks' son. It's like, yo, Derek Brooks' <laughs> son doesn't play. So can we get back Derek to the Brooks game? Derek Brooks' son had a neck roll, though. So yeah. sign me up for that. <laughs> you know, these like these like really ham ham fisted uh, efforts to c- connect Tony Dungy to, to the today's game. You know, like, oh, you know, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, who does he remind you of? Well, this guy that I used to coach, Derek Brooks. Oh, Derek Brooks, he's got a son on Florida State. And there he is, standing on the sidelines, <laughs> not playing. That's that's fair, dude. That was that was uh yeah. that was very yeah, I, I, could do, I could definitely do yeah, we could definitely do without that. Yeah. Uh, but no, he's he's grown on me. I mean I don't know. It's it's never gonna be I'm never gonna be satisfied with it. I and that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but uh, I mean, I think if you I, have to have Doug Flutie on a broadcast, we had the perfect amount of Doug Flutie, which is about like five minutes with Jack Collinsworth interrupting him half the time. You know, just, I liked it. I liked you know, the part you, where he held he held his Lacroix up into the air, and we didn't hear him <laughs> talk, and that was it. <laughs> Jude, I uh, I thought of you instantly. Uh, a tweet from Darren Pritchett was praising the fact that everybody was in suits tonight. And I was like, and I quote tweeted him. I'm like, I couldn't be more indifferent to anything, anything more than what this tweet is. Like, I don't give a fuck about these guys wearing suits. He's like, at least everybody in the broadcast is wearing suits. Hashtag professional. Give a I, shit? I just don't, I don't, yeah. I don't I know just, why I don't understand. Would, I, just, I don't know this, why this would bother you one way or another. You know what I mean? Like what? He wasn't wearing sweats. He was wearing a really nice. It's not even worth talking about. I, just, this is, this, I, want, this, I want Catherine Tappen to wear a suit next week, like a straight up men's warehouse. I want Catherine uh, Tappen to ask addition. questions about guys that are hurt in the first half that are starters. I'd like to, I'd like to hear her say things like uh, Liam Meikenberg's status for the second half is uncertain after after um, being gouged in the eye, apparently they're ha- trying to reduce the swelling or whatever. Instead, we got you, you Brian the Kelly drink, said he's really happy with the offense, except for the whole two turnovers thing. It's like, no, no you, shit, you know, Sherlock. 
And then you he know, comes out like Frank Dukes from Bloodsport, fucking Chung Lee, like dim mocking <laughs> Chung Lee in the chest in the second half. Brendan, there's no way you're not going to come up with a couple of photoshops this week of, uh, no, of Liam the first thing I saw when Liam Eikenberg's eye was swollen shut was like Frank Dukes going down to the splits to, to dim mock Chung Lee right in the crotch. Blood <laughs> That's I one of the greatest scenes. I was thinking, no, dude, you, from, dude, you know uh, the drill. Yeah. Listen, you know the drill. It's NBC Notre Dame. So for all this awesome, like extra shit we get, like, the uh, the privilege of having our basically our quote unquote our own network comes with some bullshit, and part of that is it's not a regular broadcast. It's just not. They're not going to have a normal sideline reporter asking the questions that other sideline reporters ask. It's just it's I just I've never expected it uh, in the last like fifteen years. But this is just this is that's that's Lewis Johnson levels of bad uh, to me. I I don't know. You know, Tappan's like a she's a legit person. Like she runs the NHL. Yeah, she's absolutely legit. That's what I'm saying. She gets 30 seconds and she tells me something. She tells me something that I already know, which is that Kelly's happy with the offensive performance, with the exception of the and he and his only complaint about the first half was the two turnovers. Like. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, tell me about the starter on my team who's suffered some sort of nasty eye injury and they keep cutting to him going in and out of the locker room. And last time I saw him, he had an ice pack on his eye. And I don't know if he's coming back this game or not, you know? And, and I'm that, kind of curious about the that. The best left tackle in America leaves the football game and walks to the locker room. And I can't room. get an update after halftime. Does he have an yeah. eyeball? He Can deserves you to be in the Heisman race. or deny that he that he that he well, isn't going to come out too, right? the second like, half looking like Nick Fury? We've seen guys get poked in the eye before. They go to we've the sideline. Contacts, they get, right? They, they they get they get looked at. They get some eye drops. They shake it off. I've Ten minutes seen, later, they're back on the field. Yeah, I've never seen anything like the, that. I've never seen somebody go back into the locker. He literally room. looked like he got punched at sucker punched at CJ's. I mean, that's that's. And a, according to Brian, according to Brian Kelly, after the game. Liam Eikenberg suffered. He, he could see perfectly. He suffered no loss of vision with that eyeball, according yeah. to them. But he <laughs> felt fine. He said he was ready to go in. I, go it, the, just, it felt if it, it felt like a a varsity blues situation here, where somehow maybe they just gave him a shot of cortisone in his butt for his eye, and tapped on the ass and said you're you're fine. Because I mean, listen, he's a warrior. We all know that. Hashtag Ohio forever. He's a fucking warrior. But there's no way you could sit there and tell me, as I look at that eye, that he lost. There was no vision lost. Bullshit. I didn't. Yeah, when he was going, I didn't even know if he had an eye. I didn't know if 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 at halftime he was going in there looking like the Japanese girl in the movie Hostel when her eyeball was like. Do you know the scene I'm talking about (laughs) in that movie? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. I hate to be the guy that did that to Liam Eikenberg, uh, who ends up being some punk ass. Uh, rookie uh, with him in the NFL one day. Guys, fucking he'll kill him. He'll absolutely kill him. You know he knows who did it, and he's he's gonna oh, gun it I, for him. I'd I'd be interested to rewatch the game, look who did it, and then see what Liam Eikenberg did. When I when I do the rewatch, part of what I'm gonna do on my rewatch is see if Liam Eikenberg gets his revenge and just pancakes the guy into oblivion. I mean, did he? Could he even see who, what the guy's number was after that? I mean, that's that's the level of eyeball he had tonight. 
it, he, I, I tell you what, if, if I were a referee and that was a boxing match, I would have stopped the fight out of just worry that the guy, he just can't <laughs> see the, the, his opponent coming around his blind side anymore. Like right. that's how, that's how swollen it looked to me. We've, we have made, we have made Quentin Nelson an absolute legend. Uh, he made himself a legend, but we, we are all the, uh, you know, the, the followers and we love it. We love Quentin Nelson. We love the yes. whole thing. Mike McGlitchy was another one that we all fell in line with. Wrong. Liam Eikenberg is, is, he's getting in that category. He's, he is, de- he is in that category of, we worship off offensive lineman at Notre Dame. He is worthy of your praise. Everyone needs to get on the fucking Liam Eikenberg train. Like we did with McGlinchey and with Nelson. Watch his game. Pay attention to what he's doing out there. He is manhandling people. Well, the, when when we were talking in the preview for this game, we do our thing where we pick, you know, our offensive and defensive players of the game. And it would stand to reason that you could say probably rightfully so Kyron Williams was the player of the game. He went for 185 on 19 carries, two touchdowns, 9.7 yards per carry. But the holes that he I, he I'm not I'm not going to take away from his fantastic cuts because he he definitely turned a lot of Andy runs into tacks. bigger runs. Andy broke <laughs> he some game. He had a hell of a game. Also, but that offensive that. line was just opening up holes. And yeah. I don't know if you can give he Kyron Williams is the player of the game, but he's the player of the game. And Kelly said it too when he was asked about what is it about Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams where they're able to find such success. Kelly, that's when Kelly went on to sing the praises of the offensive line, saying that he's never had five guys that have worked like this, this group has. And part of and it's really Florida seven. state. Tonight, right. Yeah, it, right. We got, we got Josh Lowe. We got Josh Lowe in there tonight and Dylan Gibbons. Uh, so, I mean, the, the, I mean, honest to God, I just said Dylan Gibbons again on a, on a podcast post game. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just in utter shock. And that's no disrespect to Gibbons. But it's just that part of the plan, right? It's that part of the thought process of what this line was going to be this year. And just to know that they put him out there and look at how he did. I mean, I'm pretty pumped up about that. I mean, I'm uh, fucking excited about a backup left guard that we didn't think was be, going to be the guy coming in. I mean, that's that's good news. That's great news. Yeah. I, I, w- I would have expected at this point maybe – uh, talking about you know the the combi- the, the the sophomore trio of Christophic, Carell, Carroll, but I couldn't be more pleased. Uh, couldn't be more pleased about the development. So now when I, coming in. So now when you look at the depth chart and you see Dylan Gibbons listed as a left guard, you're not just automatically thinking instead he's just down there for like ceremonial reasons. And it's look, that's a legit thing now. So that's great. I mean. Uh, I don't know. I guess I, I am over the moon uh, happy that uh, that he got that. I like seeing Aaron. I mean, I, I wanted Kelly to expand more. Um, unfortunately, Matt Freeman and I both had the kind of the same type of questions. And so Kelly didn't have to answer them all, I suppose. Uh, but I, I wanted Kelly to really talk about Gibbons, uh, but also talk about Banks more and the job he did out at left tackle. <clears throat> that was something that we had talked about, like I said, last year him able to do. Uh, and I was, pre- I was impressed with what he did. I mean, that's a big dude. That's a big guard. Uh, it, it's hard to, 
you don't really think of the guards bouncing out outside a whole, a whole lot. And he did it with fairly, you know, with, with some ease there. He's a 330, uh, 330 pounds, six foot five uh, individual. Uh, he is definitely not an undersized guard, to say the least. I think he's the biggest guy in the line, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think he is oh, legitimately the, the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. He's the biggest guy in the line. So uh, at least weight wise. Log and Eichenberg are both 6'6. Six, six, so they're big Shit. boys, but. Can he play with one eyeball, though? I don't know. No, no. It was Eichenberg's left eye, and he plays left tackle. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that makes his left eye. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean. He has to do media the blind side, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, mean that, I, I don't know. It just, it's amazing. Get that, get Liam Eichenberg a fucking pirate hat, get him a, a, a pig with an apple stuffed in his mouth. Uh, get that motherfucker a ship to go on to Lake Erie. Buy this man a parrot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Something, man. He, deserve, he deserves it all. Uh, man, that's going to be a bitch this week for him to, to deal with. Because that looks like that's a that's not going to look much better next Saturday. You know? He's going to look mean as hell next Saturday, though. Tell you that much. He's going to be out. He's going to be out to eat. It's just, I guess, so, okay. There's something I wanted to ask you guys. Um, I, I wrote notes down for the podcast tonight to ask you guys some certain things, and I can't fucking find it anywhere. But one of them was, so before the game, NBC showed all the different things Notre Dame was doing to increase social distancing because of all the, everything that happened, right? And we're narrowing down to like the lockers, the celebrations, the meal and all that stuff. So now they have guys like dressing in like three different parts, locker room, like the concourse basically. And then another room, they got these guys separated wide out and all that. It's all fine and dandy because like, doesn't feel like we're leaving Notre Dame stadium this season, but that first road game, we're yeah. not going to get a whole lot of that. I don't know. I just, I'm curious to see how and what your guys' well, thoughts are about. Yeah. Notre Dame I think, look, I think you do what you can with, with what you're allowed. Right. And so, so they know they're at home and they, and they can make those accommodations. They know that they won't get the same accommodations on the road, but that doesn't mean you should just, you know, you should just give up and say, right. we're not going to get it on the road. So let's, let's not do it here. Like, like they had to do something. You know? Did it feel weird to, to watch like, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, like, Watching some of these games where there's a lot of people. Uh, well, you know, Florida, Florida's opened it up so they no can masks. have full stadiums now. Florida's allowed to have full yeah. stadiums now. Yeah, Florida could just go full black. Did it? Did it seem a little strange to you guys about? I don't know. I just like I think Notre Dame. It feels like is living in a different world than which I mean, I guess we always are. But it seems like they're they're living in a different world than the rest of college football. But they kind of have to because they already had their their big shot in the arm, right? Well, they've and they've just had it. It's not like they had it over the summer or anything like that, you know. Right. I, I don't know. I just yeah, I I feel like it's it's just it's something that just that's that just kind of struck. I, I, I don't me. even think about I don't even think about the fact that ten thousand people are in that stadium anymore. Like it's just not a it's really not a, that much of a thing to to be. I don't think. You know, it's just the team. It was a night game, and I didn't even consider. I didn't even think right, about. I didn't even think about the feeding crowd off of the, the crowd's energy. It just seems to be doing its own thing. You know, 
like the, the team today struck me as they wanted to be out there because they were hungry to play because they yeah. they felt like they'd sat too damn long. You know, they wanted they wanted to play like that's what I saw. I, it didn't have anything to do with great to be back out in front of our fans or anything like that. It just was like it's about damn time. Other, we had to watch other teams play for two weeks and we want to play. We want to show people that we're the fifth best team in the nation. That was Fourth best team, probably now. At least offensively. Fourth best yeah. Fourth best team now. Yeah. You guys want to? You guys want to hear a? Uh, guys want to hear a great stat? Yeah, lay it on me, man. Sure. You know I love. Jude loves a good stat. I love a good stat. James Blackman had a better night passing tonight than Travis Jordan, or Jordan Travis. <laughs> I mean, Blackman, Blackman was, had one series though. Blackman had a rating of one sixty point six. In fact, he was the best quarterback on the field. Book was one fifty seven nine, and uh, Travis had a was few the, four, had a few fourth uh, one thirty one. He also took two sacks. Uh, so. Yeah, he had negative nine yards on the ground <laughs> compared, yeah, to, compared to uh, Travis, I, who I had ninety six yards. Yeah, Travis. I, mean, uh, I, I was. Um, How was he their third string quarterback? Jordan, well, Jordan Travis was, and I, I think I wrote this up in my uh, Friday article where when I watched him in his half of action, he was very Brandon Wimbushian and it kind of bared out where I saw he was a very brand, like he was, his running was very long and there was a lot of, um, you know, keeping it, knowing when to keep it. But it, I don't know. He looked like a, a little bit smaller of a Brandon Wimbush, right? Where he was able to hit the he hit the bomb, and that really set because of his of his yardage. A lot of it came off that one uh, a, a quarter of his passing yards came off of that long pass to Tamori and Terry, and then the rest of it was you know, whatever. But he so, was, so while we're here, and while we're in the ACC. I think we kind of need to talk about the conference a little bit, right? Because I mean, this is our thing now, right? Yeah. So, we're conference, uh, we're <clears throat> so can we so talk over, about the statistically best Boston College quarterback through four games? Yeah, we, right. we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I didn't know. Slow your roll a little, Matt, for the broadcast tonight. <laughs> but for, first and foremost, uh, the the path is a little clear now. I think maybe some people had wondered if Miami was going to challenge Clemson tonight. Yeah. It didn't look like much of a challenge at all. Clemson dismantled him 42, 17. I don't think it was even that close. Um, that, that game obviously Miami was going on close. during, yeah, that game was going on during Notre Dame's game, but it was Clemson's legit per normal. Yep. I don't know. What's what's the status of Travis Law or of uh, Trevor Lawrence. He got hit. In the game, uh, he took a vicious shot to the midsection, and uh, the guy that hit him got ki- uh, knocked out for targeting. And Trevor Lawrence immediately came out, and they scored a touchdown on the next drive with Trevor Lawrence <laughs> back because he's the fucking Terminator, and he will not die. He was, like, well, smiling Travis, on the sidelines. Travis Etienne's pretty good, too, at running the Travis, football. By the way, I, I think Travis Etienne is the better player than Trevor Lawrence. I'm well, he's the... Listen, Travis Etienne is the ACC player of the year the last two years. I think so. he's going to be the player of the year this year. I think that he's yeah, more pro- deser- – I mean, I'm more scared of Travis Etienne than I'm Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to say it right now because Travis Etienne is uh, – him coming back is as big a deal as uh, as there was anything with this season. Yeah, he's very good. Travis Etienne is very good, and he scares me. So it was a very uh, – 
there's a lot of scoring in the ACC this week. There's a lot of scoring. Well, there's a lot of scoring in the SEC I, this week. There's a lot of scoring in the yeah, Big 12 this I mean, week. There's a lot of scoring in college <laughs> yeah. football. Yeah. It's, it's a wild-ass year. So Friday night, Georgia Tech, who, I mean, I guess, I, to me, this is huge. A 46-27 win over Louisville. Louisville right now probably is the biggest disappointment in the league. I mean, this probably is the, in the nation next to next to LSU, probably in the country or Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma's yeah Oklahoma right Oklahoma's struggling too loud. That would have been, they got the dub today. Got a third loss tonight. That'd have been incredible. Yeah. Uh, but the big 12, I mean, that seals the big 12's fate for the playoffs pretty much. I would think. Yep. Um, but I mean, Louisville just, Oh my God. I mean, th- this is a team that, that everyone was like, you know, they could challenge for the ACC championship. That ain't happening now. Uh, and then the other team brought up, and Jude's already kind of half-ass mentioned it. Uh, Pittsburgh, they're sitting there with two losses now in the ACC after losing to Boston College 31-30 because they missed the extra point in overtime. <laughs> Classic Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they blew it. I mean, and how no, legit no, no. is it? Is Blewett still their kicker? Yeah. No, no, no. He's moved on. But to I mean, how legit is NC State? It, it, I mean, they they go in, they beat Pitt, they beat the crap out of Virginia. I mean, they got their butts kind of handed to them by Virginia Tech, but they look good though. I mean, they they're a team that looks looks solid, and it's another team Notre Dame doesn't have on their schedule this year. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The conference seems. Like it's Notre Dame, Clemson, and then a wash. And that's what we thought going into the year. And maybe we were a little bit tempted by, maybe some people were tempted by Miami because they blew off the door, the blew the doors off Florida State. But North Carolina defensively, I don't know. I don't know if you should be giving up forty-five points to Virginia Tech. Should you? <laughs> they're sure as shit not See, the number eight team in the country. Seems less this ideal. Just no fucking way. <laughs> Um, congratulations to Sam Howell for completing his first pass of more than 20 yards in this football game. He did that. (laughs) Josh, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because, um, I was just watching ESPN here and, uh, Joey and Jesse, Joey Galloway and Jesse Palmer were doing their top five. And, uh, the only difference that they had was on four and five because they had North Carolina and Notre Dame switched. Jesse actually had uh, North Carolina above Notre Dame. You gotta be kidding me! It's the fourth best team. That you gotta be fucking kidding me! I mean, I just I don't. Got what game were they watching? I not the same one that that we were. Obviously, uh, I. <laughs> all right. So here's a, here's a toss up question: Which game are you now at this point more concerned about? The week after Clemson, the B- BC, or Thanksgiving, a good Black Friday, or the holiday formerly known as Black Friday, North Carolina. Oh, I'm still more worried about North Carolina because it's a Friday game. I'm, I'm not about worried about college. I'm not. I'm, I'm just not. Uh, but I am worried about the Friday thing because that's a real thing. That's a fucking real thing. Yeah, it's on the road. And, and so is the body blow theory, though, right? Because right. even if you beat Clemson, you're you're not. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. They're yeah, a physical I'm, team. I'm not worried the about one me. thing I would say about that is that Boston College, under no circumstances, is able to run the football. And I'm <laughs> confident that that Clark Lee 
is going no, to be knows able how to scheme to, against Phil Dracovic. Is going to be able to skill against Phil Dracovic and is going to be able to force them to try and run the football, which is something that they're just they are not capable of running the football. And Dracovic isn't the best runner right now either. He's like, not. I, and he's, he's probably bad. their best runner. Yeah, he's not terrible, but he's not he's not what Notre Dame fans thought he would be as a as a runner as a quarterback hasn't hasn't materialized in his four starts to BC. Uh, he's done a I mean he's done a good job. Don't don't get yeah. I'm not gonna get a fucking twisted here. He's done a good job over there at Chestnut Hill. But I still see a guy who's still pretty fucking raw, and I'm you know. You're gonna go up against the team. He's gonna have a lot of juice, right? He's gonna be. He's gonna want to fucking put it out there against Notre Dame. Do you know but how many Clark rushing Pitt, yards that Boston College had against Pitt in their 31-30 victory? Do you know how many rushing yards they had? Thirty. They had thirty rushing yards. Uh, how many All ACC offensive linemen does uh, did? All of them. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense Duke uh, got its first win it's on the board now beat Syracuse yeah. pretty handily I yep. believe yep how I, is um, I, how's uh, Andre Sisco looking Jude I, know he was... <laughs> I don't know so yeah it was a pretty uh, I don't know it was a pretty it was a good week. A lot of score. A lot of scoring today in college football. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. A lot of people that picking Texas, up forties. Forties yeah, on the Texas board. Oklahoma game was was pretty nuts. Uh, <laughs> Florida Texas A and M was nuts. Yeah, but congrats to Carter Carls for his. I mean, Kellen Mond gets his first big win, and um, it's good for good for the 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 Aggies, right? But I guess it's just this. It just highlights the point that so much of what was highlighted at the beginning of this talked about beginning of the season, preseason. So much of that, and even more than normal, is thrown completely out of the fucking window, right? Like we've seen like just like Oklahoma, for example. Yeah. Not to beat them up, but even though sure I'll beat them up. Fuck Oklahoma. Fuck them. They were this there was an automatic for everybody almost that they were going to be in the playoffs and that yes, they got the win today, but they're still sitting there with two losses. And this is a team that, I mean, you couldn't finish it off. You just about got, got dropped there. It's, it's not a good football team defensively. They're, they're trash. Um, and Spencer Rattler is still young. He's not the seasoned player, uh, that Lincoln Riley has grown accustomed to having to mold. Uh, he's still young. He's got a development. I just think that that if we get through a season and have a playoff, to me it feels a little more more wide open. Like I don't know how does Alabama allow allow that many points? I don't know. I mean, I, you just you don't see it. You don't see an Alabama team give up that you, many points. Well, it'll be interesting to see too if it can be replicated by other teams. If if somebody right, can yes. kind of yes. take the old Miss uh, playbook and 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 modify it to their, their ways, you know, which we saw, we saw something similar to that happen with, um, Texas A&M and Johnny Manziel in 2012, 
uh, somehow seemingly scoring at will, and nobody else was able to replicate Correct. that against <laughs> no one. And no and, one was able to. And actually, we'll miss with um, oh god, what was his name? Doctor Bo, uh, right? Doctor Bo, yeah, Bo, yeah. Uh, good Bo and bad Bo. Wallace? It was um, yeah, Bo Wallace. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he he did it twice. Yep. And they and I don't think anybody ever did anything with that either. No, they sure no, didn't. No. Because was, Alabama is a zombie Alabama. You have to you have to shoot them twice in the head because if tap. you shoot them once, they will come back. It's, it's I mean, were you guys? I mean, I, I guess I was pretty unimpressed with Georgia today, actually. For most of the know, game, I, the second half, they they sort of laid it on in the second half, and a lot of it was just Jared Guantanamo right. Bay uh, being the worst. <laughs> who, who is the biggest false gold? Miami thumping uh, Florida State or Mississippi State in their week one win when oh, Mike Leach said we couldn't get the Packers, Chiefs, or 49ers, so we, you know, <laughs> they're, so we played this I, game. Jude, which of their two points is your favorite that they scored this week? <laughs> they they attempted 70 passes and didn't score an offensive touchdown. They, they had six four, picks. KJ Costello threw four picks himself, Ugh. and he threw 55 times. He was 36 that's and 55 K, for That's two. the KJ Costello I've, I know and love. <laughs> that is absolutely the KJ Costello that we know and love. How do you score two <laughs> points in a football game? What do you guys think? What well, do you think about Arkansas? It, I mean, losing, but still putting up. A, I'm kind a of fight. glad that Notre Dame didn't have to play Arkansas this year because they're kind of gamey. So, right? They're they're the best one and two team in America. I think the we refs, can see that without. Did the refs admit that they blew that call, or are they are they still sticking by that that was the right call at the end of that game? I haven't heard. Okay. Haven't so heard. basically, the ball. Yeah. So, Bo Nix. Fumbles. It was actually re- reminiscent of, a, of something that happened in 2014 with Everett Golson against Florida. Uh, no, Syracuse. No, Syracuse, Syracuse is at Meadowlands, which is they. He fumbles the snap coming out, picks it off the ground, and then spikes it in the ground. And so there was a. There was. It was a. Is this a fumble? Is this intentional grounding? Is this a a spike of the ball? Like you know, stop the clock or whatever. Um. And they didn't allow they didn't allow Arkansas to do anything with the ball. They blew the play dead, and so there was no opportunity to, to recover any fumble because they hadn't called it a, a fumble on the field, right? Am I am I explaining this correctly? No, you nailed and, it. Yeah, yeah. And so I think they they came out and said something like, "Given what the call was on the field, this was this was the like, you know, not awarding Arkansas the ball was the right call." And it was like, "Okay, but." We all have eyes, you know. <laughs> yep. And he clearly muffed the snap, and so he needs to pick up that ball. I don't know. To me, it just seemed like it, it was it was awkward. It was awkward. Another game that was off the radar for everybody, uh, but BYU uh, just just got past. Uh, yeah, and what are they? Thirty and a half point favorites in that game. Yeah. 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 Against UTSA, yeah, BYU right? has gotten a lot of good press lately. They're, I mean, they're yeah. four and for zero for beating right. nobody. For beating nobody, right. and right. Zach Wilson's been among the best quarterbacks, um, you know, statistically speaking. Today, um, they, today seem, 20, they couldn't stop. Thirty-two, ninety-two. So still really good. But well, this is this is sort of my beef about Notre Dame too, which is like, yeah, they're winning, but 
but I don't think any, any, any of these three teams that we've watched are any good. No, but that's going to be, that's, this is the story of the ACC and this is what Clemson do. You, I, I don't know when, when before Notre Dame became an ACC member, I kind of curmudgeonly looked at Clemson and was like, but you're not playing anyone. And you're like beating all of these teams and you're not playing anyone and you're beating seven and six or six and six pit in a conference championship you're exerting game. You're less of yourself throughout the season as opposed to a Georgia yeah, or an Alabama. Yeah, but the proof was in the pudding when they would beat the playoff teams, right? Right, right. But, but you could also, right, but you could also say the proof is in the pudding because the pudding wasn't beaten to death. Like it didn't have to like do much to get there. You're just practicing throughout the season. Yeah, but they weren't. But they weren't. They weren't doing the Oklahoma, which is that they were beating everybody and then getting exposed in the playoff. Right. Oklahoma doesn't belong in this conversation. I, I didn't no. bring them up. I brought up school teams like Alabama and Georgia like last year. They're not. They're not going through that kind of that kind of tough schedule. Right. So it's a little easier for them to be fresh for the it's, playoffs. It's UConn women's basketball, right? Right. We I, talked about. It. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Clemson. At all, they're fucking great football team. Been a great program, but they're yeah they're insane. But it's you you can also say they're not dissimilar. You can also say they don't have to do a lot either throughout the season. They don't have to do as much as other teams. So should that matter? Well, it doesn't for the playoff committee, and it doesn't for 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 like the media that's just you know pumping them out there. But I think you want to sit back and look if you're fans, you know, if you're, you can be like, you know, that's kind of shitty. Like <laughs> you ain't playing a fucking soul. You're, you're bound by your state's legislator to, to play a podunk team. So you, you don't get a whole lot of opportunities outside the conference on normal years. It's just, it's, it's a little shitty. I don't want to take anything away from them, but they're not, they're not having to put in the work. It's like you said, Jude, they're like UConn women. They're like the UConn women's basketball team where they don't play anyone all season and you have to give them credit because Gino um, always gets his girls ready to go and they've got the titles and stuff, but they go through the season and they don't play anybody. And then, it, and then you're like, Oh, and then you're reminded by the time they start playing people that, Oh yes, that's right. They're very good. But Notre Dame's going to be afforded the same thing because while there's some components to teams that are good, like I think Pitt's defensive line's very good. But Pitt's not a very good team. They've lost to two bad teams no. at this point. Um, I obviously who picked them to win the ACC or to be in the ACC championship game? Was it uh, Stu Mandel? Was it Bruce? Was it everybody? Uh, because uh, it was Stu Mandel. Because Notre Dame making the ACC championship game would be too storybook. Okay, so yeah, he, just, he overthought he, that one big time. He just big put time. it out there, to put out, even though he was ranking Notre Dame ahead of Pitt by a wide margin. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the sure. kind of nonsense we deal with in college football. <laughs> Everyone's trying to make their own, make up an own story instead of just like realizing the story is being played out. So yeah. I was just which game, the, which game before the Clemson game is going to give us the most insight about who Notre Dame truly is. <sighs> Or is it going to be like because they have a defensive line and maybe the best part about Notre Dame's team is their defensive or offensive line. And Pitt has a defensive line. But it's kind of like, do you remember the North Carolina State offensive defensive line in 2017 where they were like, oh, North Carolina, you know, that 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 2017 NC Bradley Chubb, BJ, Bradley Chubb. And they were hyping that up. 
I still think it's Louisville because regardless of what Louisville is defensively, they still have weapons offensively. And if you're going to play Clemson, it's not their defense that's being talked about as much, which is, you know, you're you're going to talk about one thing or the other more. more. It's their offenses that their offense is the king part of of their team. Uh, So I I think of of the three teams we play next before Clemson, Louisville, Penn, Georgia Tech, I'm more inclined to, I mean, Louisville has the better offense, I still think. They have the better offensive skill players. That's the one that I want to, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense because Louisville seems trash, right? Because their defense is so bad. But I want to see how Notre Dame defends them uh, as a comparison to Clemson, which is just, there's no comparison. It's a a terrible comparison, but it's the best one we have, the three games we have in between. So do you guys think that Clark Lee needs to have a bounce back game against Louisville? I don't know. I mean, take the 10 points away from short fields from the turnovers. Nine points after the 17. Right. It was after they gave up the 17 initial points in the first quarter in the second, third and fourth quarter. They gave up. I I think Jude was asking this question quite a bit this week, weren't you, Jude? This is one of the things you were kind of hammered down is like how you feel about certain types of wins. So 42-26, how do you feel about that? But how would you feel if it was 42-16? Would you feel a lot different? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if I would either. Because this this felt like like a false 26. Like, to be honest with you, the, 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 the drive that concerned me the most was the first drive in the third quarter. When they right. basically looked like they were unstoppable, all of a sudden it was like, "What? What the hell just happened here?" You know? Yeah, we're not and used so, to. That. Yeah, and so I, this felt like a false twenty-six. Like, I will not remember the score of this game in two years because I I won't be able to convince myself that that these guys scored twenty-six. It just that's how it felt, you know. But I mean, do you feel cheated that Notre Dame didn't get? A 50 burger. I mean, that was 42 in the middle of the third. No, because I, I'll tell you what, like if they beat the next three teams, 42, 26, I'll be more than happy. Okay. You know, I mean, the 26 part would have me a little bit concerned if uh pit is putting up, but a I, 26 I, you know, I think you have to, I think you have to face facts. I mean, they didn't get, they got one spring practice. They got a, yep. abbreviated truncated, uh, summer, summer camp. They right. lost two weeks of practice to the point where Kelly wanted to scrimmage or Kelly did scrimmage them on Sunday just to get them like feeling like they were getting like game action in. And they had all sorts of guys who miss, who missed a terrible amount of time because of either actually having COVID or contact tracing or, you know, precautionary quarantine or whatever. And so like, this is, this is like, this is going to be what it is. This is going to so be, let me, let me ask you guys, do you worse. think Notre Dame, do you think Notre Dame is better than what it's shown? And should they get through the next three weeks without a hitch? And I mean, a hitch, like a COVID hit, you know, like they get three normal weeks in now, you know, will the real Notre Dame, because uh, I, cause I think they're, I think they're better than what they've shown. Yeah, so far. I, I agree with you, and I think that yes, every every week they'll get they'll get a little bit. Everything will get a little bit tighter. Things that you that you have been accustomed to seeing in spring games and in first games of the season 
will dissipate away and we'll get closer to what it actually feels like to be six or seven weeks into a season. I think that one of the things I, I think we can give Clark Lee a mulligan for this game simply because of COVID and just the nonsense that was the last three weeks, right? I think well, yeah, that one I mean, thing as we move forward, more tackling. That's yeah. not a defensive coordinator game. And, and muffed, muffed, muffed punts and uh, unfor- really unforced fumbles with Kyron on that first one. But I think as this as the team moves forward and their identity on offense is something that I think that they're going to start more leaning in toward. And I think that that specifically Tommy Reese and they they mentioned it on the broadcast a little bit, him finding out, you know, discovering more of what kind of player Ian Book is and the kind of things that he wants. But then also this offensive line and the running game and what they have in the running game. And I think that as the, the season starts to wear on, they're really going – they know that they can just rely on that running game. And I think that that really is going to probably play well against Clemson in November. Hopefully it's going to be a shitty game, shitty weather game. And I like the fact that Notre Dame has this run the damn ball and it's, they did, they did, they had three tight ends on the field, basically the entire fourth quarter, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. All three tight ends never left the field on offense. If they in that did, it, I mean, it felt like quarter, that at least. Right. It for sure. The last drive they did where they marched down and they didn't score, but they were I'll tell you what was, I picked. I picked Mike Michael Mayer as my offensive player of the game uh, during our preview pod, and for the, like in the first quarter, I felt very strongly that that was gonna that was gonna play out. But uh, yeah, Josh, what it, what, what is it, what am I renaming him? Because Baby Gronk is dumb, and I hate it. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to figure oh, that one out. To, did you see Carter Carl's what he said? Yeah, Whittle, Josh Kittle? was like Whittle Kittle. Oh, Whittle Kittle. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't I I don't want to I don't I. I we got to come up with a better name than, than just, than just making him some smaller version of, of some NFL star. He needs a name. He needs a real name. He's a man. I would say, I would say, first of all, if he has a father, if if, if we have to do baby, I would say baby Bavaro more than baby Gronk. You know what I mean? Like at least keep it in the nerdy family, but I don't, I don't love the baby thing either. I'm with you guys. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not down with Whittle Kittle either. That's, that's not cool. Whittle Kittle made me laugh out loud. It no, made it me made laugh. Me, it made me chortle. That's, no, that's funny. It it's made funny. me. Ch- it was a sensible chuckle. It was a yeah, sensible, chuckle. sensible chuckle magazine. So. I mean, I might just go to like uh, w- the Woo name generator from 1999 uh, <laughs> online. Uh, Woo am I? And just find his Woo name, and then that's just what he's gonna be. Because anything right now is better than what's being come up with. Oh uh, shoot! Uh, who was who, who did I pick to be uh, players of the game, Brendan? I don't even remember. Um, so your so here's the the full picks. Um, you pick Josh Hamilton or Kyle Hamilton, Josh Hamilton. <laughs> Josh Kyle Hamilton. Hamilton on defense and Chris Tyree and Chris Tyree. Um, he went for a, 103 yards, which if it was last year, that would have been great. Um, but Kyra went for 185. Right. Uh, Jude went with Kyle Isaiah was... Foskey and Michael Mayer. I went yeah, with that was Isaiah a boss. Foskey and Tommy, Tommy Trumbull, Trumbull also. A boss. Tommy Trumbull was a little bit better. I think we can say, I don't know if we had to pick a player on defense, it might've been Kyle or no, it was a, Wusu yeah, he, it was a moose who could have been woo. He had the, he had the it, moments with the head. It was, de- it was definitely woo for, for multiple reasons. 
Hamilton was tied for the team leading tackles with, with Tariq Bracey. But he missed uh, the tackle I, and it was off. It was really bad. It was really bad. But I mean, Wu deserved it. I mean, Wu would, would deserve that. Um, maybe if Bo Bauer didn't uh, have that bad penalty, maybe you could put in the conversation. But Wu, should, you know, after a game where Wu didn't really play a whole lot against South Florida, you know, he showed you, he, he made people remember that he's one of the best players in the country. Protect, uh, protect your neck when Wu's on the yeah. field. For show. For, for show. Jafar Armstrong uh, had a great return. He did have a great teams. return. Yeah, that well, that's what set up the uh, score at the end of the half. Because you know, wasn't for that you know what was great about you know what was great about great. that. It was the anti Michael Young because <laughs> right <laughs> there at the end he got hit, and I think he thought he was maybe he wouldn't have, had stepped out. He was ready to like throw a spin and keep going. Yep. So I, I enjoyed the aggressiveness. I mean, he look he didn't get a single carry tonight, yeah. right? Uh, I don't recall him being out there offensively at all. Honestly, if he was, I, I didn't notice it. Um, no, so like even in the slot or, or, or running back and, you know, moving over. So him getting a little taste, that's good. It's just, it's amazing how far we've come in a year to where the offense was revolved around uh, what Jafar Armstrong can do, you know, pre, you know, pre Louisville last year to where we are now, where, we're like giving a golf clap for a, for kick return. Where does, where does Ben Skoranek fit in this offense? Nowhere on the bench. Yeah. Cause with the, with the emergence, Javon, I think we can Javon say, McKinley, I think we can say emergence of Javon McKinley. Can we say emergence today? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he is the nation's best wide receiver. Nobody can cover him. <laughs> According to Brian uh, Kelly. So how do you play Skoranek over the nation's best wide receiver that nobody can cover? Uh, is he going to get is, is Skoranek going to play over Braden Lindsay? Is there somebody from Javon McKinley's high school that's willing to call him a prodigy or something better? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if you went to his Asking high school, for a someone friend. would. Yeah. Oh, someone shoot. could. But yeah, he's not going to get in over Skronk's not going to get over Austin, and he's not going to get over McKinley well, at this point. Favorite, McKinley has earned a spot. What was your favorite Clarence Lewis play today, by the way? Oh, it was the one where uh, he had a tackle. That was it. But I mean, Clarence Lewis was another guy coming off of uh, COVID. He didn't COVID practice till Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, him and I mean Cam Hart. I, they all got a little I bit. Thought, I was told prodigies could figure out. Not losing out in practice, but <laughs> apparently I was wrong. You were wrong. Um, all right, that's no, enough, right. enough of the snark. Yeah, all right, let's, start snark. To wrap this, let's start, start to wrap this up. So, uh, Jude, if you have any more snark, now is the time to, uh, <laughs> to let it go. I got, I got nothing. I'm, I'm looking for a bounce-back game for Isaiah Foskey, who's was my, my favorite player and was very quiet today. So, looking forward to that. Brendan, what, was, what, what are you going to leave us with today? Oh, I, uh, I know that I've been given a lot of assignments uh, for the, the Photoshop <laughs> machine. <laughs> uh, this game provided a, a lot of things uh, for me. Um, so I, I look forward to the week ahead. Um, but Just I do want to point out free. that 
for all of the hand wringing and stuff that's going on 42 26 victory when you look over the landscape of college football over the weekend we touched on it uh, maybe more so than we have all year uh, sort of the general landscape of the the sport um nobody had a better probably a better game top to bottom than maybe clemson did this week the notre dame Boy, you were awfully close to saying who's got it better than us um well that would be a cursed thing to say <laughs> <laughs> uh, stay out of those right. waters. We'll stay out of those waters. Um, yeah, I mean, other than Clemson, I don't think that any of the top twenty-five teams in America looked a favor and look at the top twenty-five score um, scoreboard this week and just peruse it. And you, you let me know who had a better week. Um, yeah, have, have fun with your math. Clemson and Notre Dame, because uh, it was. It was it was pretty much ND and Clemson. So um, I like where we're at, headed into uh, this three-game stretch before the, the, the team that shall not be named. Um, and when, is it next week of the Big Ten starts or is it in two weeks? Two weeks the Big okay. Ten starts, I believe. Uh, I know I'm just curious. I'm just yep, curious two. if this uh, lackluster performance from Notre Dame uh, means that Ohio State will jump them in the – people well I, I feel like i feel like big 10 football is like as like my my good friend's canadian girlfriend i'm, I'm quick quickly losing interest he, he keeps promising to come over the border but something <laughs> always seems to waylay her so yeah the, the big 10 is two weeks out before we can get some appetizing matchups like ohio state nebraska and Ooh. penn state indiana and uh, wisconsin playing? illinois oh they're playing michigan Ooh. That's a that's a matchup of the the twentieth and twenty fifth ranked team in the the country, so you better watch out. Hey, fourteen and two, twenty six and three, thirty six and six. Ain't we ain't doing bad? Right, we not do. I'll take it. I'm so um, let's cap this okay. one off with a with a natty. Okay, we've won so many at home in a row now. I don't, I lost track. What is it like? Twenty one, I believe. 22? Yeah, twenty one. Yeah. And the longest win streak with Tennessee falling today, Notre Dame currently has the longest win streak in all of college football at nine games well, of the uh, Power Five. They're, yeah, they're tied with Air Force, but uh, I don't think Air Force plays next week, right? I think the Mountain uh, West is coming back, but not for a couple more weeks. I, yep, I think they come back. Did we ever figure that one out? I can't remember. Yeah, they do. They do come back. It's they got good. A, they got a it's, short schedule. It's good. Notre Dame's streak of uh, of beating unranked opponents, uh, which is the second longest in the country after Alabama. That that goes all the way back to uh, to 2016, right? That will continue at least mm-hmm. till the Clemson game. Uh, every game before Clemson will be an unranked opponent. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Unless Georgia so, Tech I mean, sneaks in. Yeah, so as far as, like, my final thought on the game is uh, it's good. Everything's good. <laughs> it's ha- I, I mean, uh, I'm ha- I'm happy. Because I know that this isn't the this isn't the polished product. So if you can get a 42-26 win with a defensive backfield that we didn't know was as in bad a shape as what they were uh, throughout the, the last couple of weeks, uh, I'm cool with that. You know, I, I I am ready for this team to get over the COVID hump and to you know just see what they can end up becoming. Because I think, as we said in the podcast this isn't the best version of Notre Dame. I, we will eventually see that, 
But if you're winning football games, 42, 26, uh, against good talent, regardless of how good of a team they are. Uh, hey, look, that, that's a pretty good job. You're doing something right. Uh, and we're at that level now. So at Notre Dame is, I mean, we're, we're at that level where some of these things bother us, but you know, this was never a game that ever felt like it was really in danger of losing. Uh, again, the word, um, you know, annoyed came up, you know, a few times tonight. Uh, but I thought they did a good job. I thought it was, Ia Book did what he had to do. The ground game is incredible. Uh, it's just it, it's a, there's a lot of good vibes going out. And if anyone wants to have bad vibes, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> seriously, go fuck yourself because yeah. I don't want to hear. With I don't want to hear a whole lot. Of, I don't want to hear a whole lot of. I've already seen it. I've already seen some comments on Facebook on the on just a quick recap, just like as. They gave too many points, but shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. With pay attention to what's pay attention. What's going on around you. Look again, look, go look at the college football scores today. It's ridiculous. So you just got to take it for what it is. And I'm taking it for what it is. And that's awesome. Undefeated. Going to be ranked number four in the country tomorrow. So I imagine at some point, unless you're, okay. Jesse Palmer and think that North Carolina's <laughs> somehow better. Dude, you ruined my night. I'm going to have to, I'm, I have it DVRing and now I'm going to have to hate watch it. Like my name was Greg. Well, I mean, look to, to be honest, if they'd both come up with the same top five, then it kind of would have been a boring segment. So I suppose there's something to be said about somebody changing something. How about uh, not have a segment? <laughs> not fair enough. It. That's that's a good that's a good. That alternate. makes more sense to did me. Kyron, did, did Kyron Williams at least get a helmet sticker? Nope. Don't tell me. Nope. I'm gonna watch oh, sorry. it. Sorry, sorry, he did not. You, no. What are you? No. But, but you, somebody from Boston College did. Oh my fucking god! I'm going to commit sepaku. Is that gonna go full anime? All right. <sighs> Let's get out of here. It's time to uh, to increase my drink load and then increase my sleep. Did load. we tell people to give us reviews? Do we say five star reviews? No, we didn't say anything. we didn't have any reviews to read tonight. Yeah, but uh, let's read some reviews yeah. next time. Make sure, so so get that done, y'all. We have a well, lot of fun. Make Josh, make Josh say silly things on Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, because this is um, I don't know. This this is putting me back. Like normally, I'd have about. Yeah, this put me back, but I'm doing it for y'all, for for the betterment of of our listeners. Do you think uh, I was? I, you think uh, I'd stay up late to watch Korean baseball? I'm standing up for you guys. <laughs> I'd be up late regardless, but the dinos are not <laughs> zero zero. <laughs> yeah, get over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review, anything that you put on that review. Pretty much, I will read word for word. Uh, people have gotten. Pretty stupid, uh, I, I I have to say. Some of these reviews are dumb, make me say dumb things. I love it. That's my favorite. <laughs> say mean things about Homer and in pizza. I like Homer and in pizza, but say mean things about it. Makes I, mean, I mean, now that it's getting to the point where that that one's getting a little old. They they need to pick up on something else. Uh, Brendan and I disagree. We we'll, we'll always think it's funny. I I laugh every time. There's not one time, time where I don't. So laugh. I. Look, even I, people uh, giving as many stars as they think Julian Love deserves. 
You know? All right. All so five I got to admit something. I have to admit something to you guys. The only worry I had about this game today at all was that I had, I had worked myself into a, uh, I don't know, kind of a routine uh, for the first couple of games. Uh, and part of that was a uh, frozen pizza in the oven. <laughs> but, but that frozen pizza was not home run in. You but cheater. So, so then today I had nothing. Like I, uh, the kids were like, they wanted Coney dogs are bad. So I made Coney dogs at home tonight. Uh, so I didn't, uh, didn't do the, Ohio. So the pizza that I, that I had put in was a screaming Sicilian. Oh, those are pretty uh, good. Supreme. Supreme. Yeah, that's good. And it, it just so happened to be like our little deli here in town. It was in the freezer. This is like about a month ago. I had like, yeah, I'm going to pick that up and give that a whirl. Well, but the sauce, they, the sauce they use, it reminds me, I make, I make a killer homemade pizza. So the sauce that they use tastes almost exactly the same as what I use, which is De Fratelli. And I thought, man, this this actually tastes like my homemade pizza without me having to fucking do all the work. That's not bad. That's pretty good. And so I, I had had that the last couple of game days as part of the thing. And then I thought about that today. Like, man, the only thing that worries me is that there's not a screaming Sicilian in the oven. There's only a screaming Sicilian in this office. You and my wife with your damn jinxes. You burned that flag, didn't you, Brendan? I haven't burned it yet because I haven't replaced it. But guess what? I haven't put a flag out in front of my house, and I feel naked because I haven't. Did you she find, won't even let me put the Notre Dame flag out now. Now did every you find flag a shaman? is cursed. No, did you find no, a shaman yet? I, I haven't. I haven't found a shaman. Um, but I need. I need to figure out something to do because I feel naked without having a flag flying, and I can't even put the American flag out because she's afraid that I'm going to curse America somehow. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, the what election the is coming up. <laughs> the election's okay. coming up. And you are like, living in a state where somebody, where a group of people tried kidnapping your governor. So, I, can I tell you something? <laughs> when I took the Steelers' flag down, I put the American flag out, and the president of the United States got COVID nineteen. I can't put a flag out in front of my house until I figure out what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Maybe it's the poll. Maybe it's the poll. You know what? Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe I got a cursed the- poll. Maybe I got a cursed poll. Maybe I just got to get a new poll. That's cheaper than replacing, um, uh, hand uh, you know, expensive stitched flags. I hope, but, I hope when you, uh, you do a, a 30 second preview of tonight's podcast that you, you, uh, clip out that you said, maybe I have a cursed poll. And that is <laughs> maybe the, I have a cursed poll. That's just, that's just see what the hell Brennan's talking about on today's podcast. <laughs> Brennan's Someone did a remake. You know what? Someone Josh, I hope you do that in the rundown. I hope you do that in the rundown. You say, we talk about the win. We talk about Liam Meikenberg. We talk about this. We talk about ACC. We talk about Brennan's I'm curse poll. Sure. The last rundown I had was pretty weak because I didn't take notes. And I meant to take notes tonight, and I didn't. So we'll see what the uh, what the rundown looks like, uh, but usually I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll include some polls, some poll action somewhere <laughs> in there, right? 
we we gotta get the hell out of here. <laughs> so Notre Dame victorious, 42-26 over Florida State, undefeated on the season, undefeated in the ACC. Just waiting for that collision course with Georgia Tech. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we're lining up for that. So thanks for uh, listening, and go Irish.